0: It's time for another episode of Tucson Means Business, featuring Tucson's top entrepreneurs and leaders in the business world. And now here's your host, Mark Bishop.
1: Yes, and it's time again for another Tucson Means Business, where we feature uh, interesting leaders of business in our fair city. And today, wow, it's a nice show. We've got all ladies lined up who are all very successful businesswomen and leaders in our community. And first of all, I'm going to enjoy, oh, well, before I forget, we're proudly uh, sponsored by the 49ers Golf and Country Club, and I thank them very, very much for uh, being a wonderful sponsor over these years and, of course, for Tucson Means Business here on the Tucson. Tucson Business Radio X Network. So without further ado, on the phone from New York, I have Kathy Delaney Winger. And Kathy, of course, uh, law officers here in Tucson. Uh, She's in business, corporate real estate, and cybersecurity attorney who represents companies and individuals in commercial and corporate transactions. Welcome, Kathy.
2: Thanks, Mark. How are you doing?
1: Pretty good. Thank you, mate. Pretty good. Now, you're the executive vice president of the board of directors for Boy Scouts of America, Catalina Council, too, aren't you?
2: I am, yes.
1: Okay, so I want to touch on that a little bit later with the latest things that have been going on with that, if you don't mind. And um, what's it like in New York at the moment? I mean, is it nice you weather? Know
2: what? It's. It's absolutely beautiful. We arrived in New York City last night and we've spent most of the day walking around the city. The weather is just perfect. The sun is shining. It's just a lovely day, crowded as ever, (laughs) uh, but really fun. And we're excited to be heading up to West Point tomorrow to see our son. Well, that's fantastic.
1: I know this is dated, of course, being a podcast, but it's nice to hear that New York has nice weather all the time when this is played continuously. (laughs) We
2: were talking to someone and she said, don't get used to this. It's usually not like." like this so we may have gotten lucky with it which we'll take.
1: All right. Diane Kelly, well she's the CEO of the Sandbook Group here in Tucson, and you started your career in the industry back in nineteen seventy eight. A lot of changes since then, Diane.
3: Oh yeah, you're dating me now, Mark. Um, I was very, very young. You don't look
1: a day over 21, all right? Yeah, thank you.
3: (laughs) Good skincare, right? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I did start when I was very young, and uh, have been kind of changing up my business model lately. And we can go into that in more details.
1: Yeah, we we will, because you know what does excite me? The fact was that many firms back then were not hiring women.
3: That's exactly right. And I had quite an uphill battle to uh, find the right fit. But I found the right fit, and it's worked for me for several years, and I've migrated since then.
1: Have you ever. And, and, boy, what have you done? I'm looking forward to getting into that. CEO, another one of a financial advisor of the Peak, the Peak Financial Group, is Kathy Peak. And welcome, Kathy, before anything else. Well, thank you, Mark. I really appreciate being here again. Well, it's it's lovely to have you, financial advisor for the Peak Financial financial group, Uh, a lot of customers here in Tucson, been around for years. Uh, Another specialist in what you do really, Mm -hmm. aren't you?
0: Well, I like to um, specialize in working with women, especially, um, divorcees and widows. Though I do have my business clients, and I have other clients that uh, people refer to me, but that's my real sweet spot. I have a real tender heart for those women.
1: And you also have an, a very interesting background, mm-hmm. so we'll be touching on that as well. Okay. Now, we had a late emergency today. There was Sandy um, was coming in, uh, but now her daughter-in-law, yes? Mm-hmm. Yes, daughter-in-law. Uh, Liz amber yes welcome amber thank you she's a fully licensed agent with farmers insurance agency (laughs) of uh, sandy it can study, right?
4: Correct. We're a family business.
1: Family business, yeah. true. A family business, truly. Well and truly. And farmers. I love the farmers' ads on TV. I got to admit,
4: they are pretty fantastic. You
1: know, they're all unique. They're all different. Yes, they and make me laugh. All the claims <laughs> have
4: really happened. That is so uh, scary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, it's a, a women-owned agency that has been assisting Tucson families and businesses to make the right insurance choices for something like thirty years now. Right. And uh, you've been an integral part of the agency since 2003, when she started simply answering the phones.
4: Yep. Just and, picking up the
1: phones and fell in love with it. And you've gone on from there. Yep. All right. Another bright spark on my right today, finally filling up the panel. We've got a full uh, full load, uh, basically one in New York and five around the table. And that's Karen Fisher. Hi, Karen. Hello, Mark. How are you? Karen, of course, has her own show, Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise, right here on Tucson Business Radio X. And uh, it's a great show. It's a podcast that's gathering traction now, gathering a lot of listeners, and you love doing that, don't you?
5: I love it. It's just a way of paying it forward. Yeah, and And
1: you have some very interesting guests that come on and and their careers and what they do in business, and and you're promoting them as well. And you're a star in your field. You work for the Summit Funding Group. That's correct. Have done Mm -hmm. for quite a while now. Yeah,
5: I just got a little plaque for my fifth anniversary with Summit Funding, but I've been a loan officer since March of 2000. Prior to that uh from 83 until 2000, I was a realtor, I was an associate broker, a branch manager, and owned my own real estate firm. And I have the dubious distinction of having done, as a realtor, the very first FHA short sale in the state of Arizona.
1: Wow. So, that's pretty crazy. Clue-y.
5: crazy times. Is it ever? <laughs>
1: See? Now, I did warn you, these are pretty uh, you know, smart ladies we've got here, so I'm going to have to be on my best You're
5: the minority in the that. sorority today, Am just I saying.
1: <laughs> oh, like that, yeah. Kathy, Kathy, Kathy is the Kathy Winger we're talking about now Mm -hmm. Uh, she's the executive vice president (laughs) (laughs) don't worry i got you right Uh, we touched on um the things that you get involved in the advisory board for the national bank of arizona women's financial group correct that's
2: correct
1: yes okay also on the board of directors of the southern arizona children's advocacy center and as a member of the better business bureau of southern arizona do you have a favorite of all of these at all
2: um, no, you know, I really don't. I think probably my, my two favorites, um, well, actually, it would be three, the nonprofits that I work for. The Southern Arizona Children's Advocacy Center is a fantastic nonprofit. I love their mission and what they do. Um, and the same with the Boy Scouts. Um, They're also a nonprofit, and and I love their mission as well. And then the National Bank of Arizona Women's Financial Group um, is a really great um, advisory board to serve on. Uh, We try to do a lot in the area of providing educational and networking opportunities for women in the business field. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's fun to come up with the events and to attend the events and and get to know people. Usually there's a little bit of learning and then a little bit of networking, so it's kind of a nice conversation. Combination, mm-hmm. so I really can't can't choose between them as to what would be my favorite. All of them are a little bit different, um, but I enjoy participating in all of them.
1: I think it's terrific that you you do so much extra. I mean, your your work alone is so demanding, the hours you put in, and you still find time to do this back in the community. So I think it's great. You've got more than well, 20 it's years.
2: Like, it's a treat for me. I, I I love the nonprofit work. It really, it, it's just, it's a pleasure for me to do it. So I, it's really, it's not selfless. It's more selfish on my part because I enjoy it so much.
1: That's good to hear. Now, you've got more than 20 years of experience as an attorney in the private sector. And prior to that, served as an in-house counsel to a national bank and financial services company. Did you know that, you know, perhaps one day that you'd be out on your own, your own career, I mean, your own company?
2: No, I really didn't. Um, for most of my career, I spent either at a law firm or or, um, as you mentioned, in-house counsel to a a bank. Um, And I hadn't considered going out on my own. It's something that I really decided to do much later in my career. Um, I'm glad I did it. I wish I would have done it sooner. Um, But no, it wasn't something that I really thought that I would do. But now that I've done it, it seems to be a perfect fit for me, um, the way that I like to practice and what I like to do. So it's worked out very well. It took me a while to... to, path to it was not a straight path, Um, and so I wasn't sure what was going to be at the end of the path when I started it.
1: Well, I mean, you know, who does to a Mm -hmm. certain degree? huh? I mean, Diane Kelly, did you know when you go back and what you started in 2005 after working for other companies, Diane Kelly started the Sandbrook Group uh, to better serve your clients, right, Uh, who are largely small business owners. Is that right?
3: That is correct. And Tucson's built on small business, as you know. So Mm -hmm. they're a largely neglected group because a lot of the other brokers want the big kahunas. And I felt that there was a big need in the small business market
1: hmm the big kahunas that's a wine isn't it (laughs) (laughs) then in 2017 something special happened
3: yeah i went to a coaching program in California with my coach, Allison Maslin, and about half an hour into her talk, I realized that if I didn't do something different, because our industry, which was largely, at that point, health insurance, uh, employee benefits specifically, uh, if I didn't do something different, that I may not have a business. So I started recreating myself and pulling together the services that I'd offered to my clients for free, basically, over the years, and formalized it into a program where I now charge them a cons- consulting fee to make sure their businesses are protected legally and financially, which, again, is largely overlooked by that market. Oh, is it ever?
1: My word. It's, it's, it's tough enough for a small business to last, survive, get through all the things they've got to do on their own. Never mind add staff, be thinking of tax books. Uh, all the other junk you got to do, right? Because I'm in that boat. Uh, But now we're talking about protecting your business at the same time.
3: That's right. It's very foundational that they have it set up properly, legally, which Kathy Winger can help with, and financially. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I use various insurance products and other tools to make sure that they have it secure. So if that business owner gets sick, hurt, or dies... That business is protected as much as possible, or they at least have a plan of what they can do next to right. protect everybody. Right.
1: And I, and I gather that includes having it sale ready as well.
3: Absolutely. If someone
1: wants to sell their Absolutely. business. Absolutely. That's are, correct. are there many professionals like yourself doing this service? Well, or?
3: Yeah, there are other professionals who I'd say dabble in it. I've talked to business brokers who obviously want to sell the business. Um, I've talked to accountants who largely want to crunch the financials. I've talked to attorneys who want to do the legal work. But I really haven't found anybody who's doing the whole block of that to, as you put it, get them sale ready. Mm -hmm. And they should be sale ready at any given time because you never know. And uh, just make sure that they have everything, all their decks in the row.
1: Hmm. We'll get into more of that a little bit later on. It sounds fascinating. <laughs> Kathy Peake, before she found out she was a true entrepreneur at heart, Kathy taught high chemistry following on from her BS degree. You know what that stands for, don't you? <laughs> in chemistry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and a, and a minor in math at Mary Washington College. Where on earth is mm-hmm. that?
0: Well, it's now the University of Mary Washington, but it's in Fredericksburg, Virginia, Virginia. which is where um, George Washington grew up. And Mary Ball Washington was his mother. And her home, the family home, is in Fredericksburg, Virginia.
1: Mm, A lot of history in the background there.
0: Absolutely. One of the biggest um, battles of the Civil War was fought just behind my dorm in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Wow. um, Sumter Lane.
1: Okay, now when did you start your journey then down the road of self-employed business? I mean, you ended up owning and growing several mm-hmm. successful businesses, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. How about why don't you share with us then perhaps one or two of them that were your favorites maybe at that time?
0: Ah, well, um, I was uh, I was part owner of a company called the LifeWorks Corporation, which I owned. Um, with my ex-husband, he's my ex-husband now, but at the time he was my husband, and um, he was a uh, psychiatrist. We used to tease that he wasn't a shrink; he was a stretch. And um, he he oh. was he was very much into <laughs> personal growth and high performance psychology. Okay. And so we did a lot of many many years ago. This was um, oh gosh. Um, Back in the late 80s, early 90s, um, when we were doing this coaching, and before coaching really became popular and well-known, and we had some pretty big-name clients in town um, just to... uh, you know, work on the culture of the business um, to, to see how they could work on performing better.
1: So so it really was ahead of its time.
0: It absolutely was. Right. And um, the LifeWorks Corporation um, really made a difference for, you know, many, many people. We also did private seminars. Hmm. Um, I did logistics of all of that. So um, the... You know, setting up the seminars, making mm-hmm. sure that everything mm-hmm. was all hunky-dory, all the stuff was printed, and mm-hmm. the handouts. And, that
1: can be a headache, too, can it?
0: <laughs> and all of that. Yeah, and that so sort of started that. You off. And,
1: well, then in 2001, you became a designated independent financial advisor. Mm-hmm. Now, this is complete with Series 6, mm-hmm. 63, and 65. Correct. And insurance licenses. Mm-hmm. So what do they all represent?
0: Well, the uh, six... Says that I can do securities business. The sixty-three means that I can do that in any state that I pay registration um, fee for. The sixty-five allows me to cross um, lines of business, so I can do insurance and securities and advise my clients on a multiple line of different product product lines. Mm-hmm. And um, my insurance licenses are in health and um, life. Uh, I don't do health because it's a whole subgroup of its own. Wow. And um, all gone. A, I reject it? It's a total <laughs> different ballgame, but I am insured for mm-hmm. it. Right. So, um, but I, I focus in mostly on life insurance and all the different types of life insurance and how those things can be used.
1: That's good. Well, in my research, I found out that uh, apparently you like to nourish and protect your mm-hmm. clients' futures, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. So, uh, in, in a small nutshell, what does that mean?
0: Well, that means a little bit of what Diane was talking about, right? I think all of the professionals that are here with us now um, are really about taking care of other people and making sure that they're taken care of in whatever realm we're you know, working with them in. Mm-hmm. So in the financial realm, I want to make sure that whatever investments they've got, whatever money they start out with or they bring over and I start managing it, that it's not only protected, but it's also, you know, growing in a particular way. And protected, what I mean by that is, you know, it's it's clients-based. So my younger clients, I might not use an annuity with them, mm-hmm. but an older client, I probably, based upon their particular profile, the needs and goals, I might use an annuity because that kind of protects their oh, investment.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, you do have to know a lot because, I mean, I guess uh, you could really put well steer people down the wrong path, couldn't you?
0: Oh, absolutely. And unfortunately, that power in your hands. Yes. Well, unfortunately, there are a lot of those people out there, and um, some. uh, I I think one thing that the public doesn't know is Mm -hmm. that just because you're an insurance agent doesn't mean that you can um, provide every realm of insurance. Right. And you need your securities license to do variable insurance, which um you know some people that's the best choice for them so mm-hmm. finding a an insurance agent that's not only securities licensed but also um, if you're looking at life insurance there's lots of other types of insurance out there right and um, sh- certainly the farmers agency, um, and Amber and, and Sandy do a wonderful job in um, protecting people with property and casualty and, and mm-hmm. other types of life insurance. And we work together right. quite a bit.
1: Okay. So, who are they? Farmers? I've never heard of them, have you? <laughs> <laughs> so, you are the proud, um, you're proud of three adult siblings now. Yep. Three. And uh, most being a grandmother of five.
0: Oh, yes. And that includes twin girls that I get to go see this weekend. In fact, I'm leaving tomorrow to uh, fly up to Salt Lake City to visit with them and their older brother, who's two years older than they are. So
1: Very nice.
0: And then I have two that are in the Wichita area.
1: Well, ladies, wherever you're listening to this around the world, um, they all look 21, every one of them I've got here at the table. <laughs> yeah,
2: right.
0: you,
1: you've just heard how much their life they've had. See, it must be the Tucson weather. <laughs> you know, we have lots of blue skies Right, we here. don't
0: rust here. No, we don't no. rust. That's why we've got
1: planes out there, because we just don't rust. Ectosadi. Yes, mm-hmm. sir. Amber, attention. You're a fully licensed agent with the Farmers Insurance Agency, right? Correct. Of Sandy. We'll oh, send her a, a hello to yes. thing over there with you. Okay. Now, it's a woman-owned agency that has been assisting Tucson families and businesses 30 years. It's a long time. You'd have a big database of clients.
4: Yeah. Uh, over the years, over 6,000.
1: 6,000. Yes, sir. Wow. And let me ask you something that's always amazed me about that industry. Do you keep a lot of those clients, do they stay with you, or is it an industry where they tend to look elsewhere.
4: Well, in all honesty, overall, with the way the industry is, they do look around a lot. But one thing that our agency really prides itself on, because we do take care of our clientele, we've got probably, I believe last time I looked, 89% 89% retention. Mm. So our clients wow. stay, that's remarkable. With, us. That's huge. stay yeah. with us because we take care of them. We put their fantastic. needs first.
1: Very good. Uh, that's wonderful to, wonderful to hear because you're obviously doing something right because people don't stick around if you're not. Right. Right. That's, that's the big thing there. Um, you quickly learned the, the game. I mean, you started as a young lady there answering the phones.
4: Jumped in with both feet, yes. Right. Absolutely. I've
1: never seen anybody answer phones with feet before. (laughs) It's a talent. It it must be. And what did you do with your hands? Typed. (laughs) Typed. (laughs) I took shorthand.
4: (laughs) Long before we had the headsets at the office.
1: I see. You had a passion for educating clients in choosing the right coverage for them. Yeah. So you had to learn from scratch?
4: Yeah, I I did. I learned from scratch. It was, you know, I really lucked into the business and just happened to find a career where I started answering the phones and filing papers back before we were paperless. Right. Because I needed extra money to buy my then boyfriend a Valentine's Day present.
1: That <laughs> was thoughtful. His of, yeah. parents
4: took a chance on me and mm-hmm. you know, I it, just been going ever since it's been great i love what i do i love helping people and educating them okay a lot of people don't realize that for example with auto insurance the state minimum liability hasn't been changed since the nixon
1: era. oh my goodness and seriously
4: yeah, yeah. it now it's there seems to be
1: a lot of things that are outdated don't <laughs> now you it's
4: know. going to be updated in the next year i believe they finally passed a law okay but still it's vastly inadequate to right. what most people need
1: right are you still there kathy
2: I am still here, Mark. I'm enjoying hearing about everyone's background. That's so good. I know it's, these ladies well, but I'm uh-huh. learning things that I hadn't heard before. It's there you
1: go. Let that, anytime you want to, you know, sort of chip in and, and say hello or ask a question, please do so, okay?
2: I will do that. You
1: can do that. Now, we're talking with Amber because uh, Amber Ektasadi, who, uh, you know, really had to learn the game from the beginning. Uh, all those exams, all those, uh, like, like Kathy's things, you've got three A and four sixes and eight
4: twenties. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Is jazz?
4: Well, Kathy's definitely got those licenses on me, um, but I am licensed for property and casualty, which includes auto insurance, home insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also license for life insurance, but then commercial insurance as well, mm-hmm. so I can sell business insurance
1: to help you. Well, you've your- done something right. You've yeah. won a lot of awards for outstanding sales and service. Uh, yes, you I've
0: know, been that's very That's a
1: tribute lucky. to you. Good yes. on you. Well done. She's
0: a hard worker.
1: Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Yes. yes. A right, hard worker. I know another young lady's a hard worker, too. who's coming up in a second by the name of Karen, and uh, by D, <laughs> G- she work hard. Um, agency producers in the United States, it sounds like a great firm to be right. with they look after agents across the country?
4: Farmers is phenomenal. I think they are second to none with how they value their agents. Uh, you know, we actually own our business. We're not an employee. No,
1: I understand So that.
4: we work with farmers, and they really do value their agents, their agencies, mm-hmm. the employees of those agents. They help us with continuing education and mm-hmm. keep us on the cutting edge of what's going on in, in the industry insurance industry
1: well the, the agency itself is independent correct all right a, every agent is across the country yes so no one works per se on farmers right books right, right? They're, they're, they're like the head. they're like a, the head of the franchise type mm-hmm.
4: thing yeah that's a good way of
1: okay you know, people understand analogy, that yeah. people understand right. that mm. and you were also awarded the 2018 league of extraordinary presidents yep for leading the largest bni chapter in southern arizona 50 plus members correct we'll touch on that when we come back karen fisher
5: hey mark are you-
1: <laughs> <laughs> i
5: am hanging in there
1: <laughs> uh, last but not least my dear as you know on our, as i said before karen has a wonderful podcast called healthy wealthy and wise what is the content what's the idea of your show on the network
5: so The bottom line is, is that there are so many, just as evidence around the table and on the phone, there are so many unbelievably great resources within Tucson, within Arizona, that you just feel like... So the reality is, as the mortgage loan officer, I get to ask all the questions that your mother told you you weren't allowed to ask, such as how much do you make and what's in your bank account and what's your age. And not only do I ask those questions, you have to prove it to me. And there are and I look at something and I'm like, oh, my gosh you know, you need to know so-and-so, you need to know so-and-so, you need to know so-and-so. So So the healthy, wealthy, and wise, my clients come to me in all different areas. So for example, healthy, my clients, some of them are downsizing because all of a sudden they don't have the health condition any longer to be able to take care of their home. They can't go up and down the stairs. Mm -hmm. They're having health issues. And so I've referred them to massage therapists, acupuncturists, physicians, you know, Mm -hmm. health coaches, Mm -hmm. you name it. Then the wealthy piece of it, I've had people that have come into my office and I look at their tax returns and I'm like, Oh my god, you have filed on TurboTax and I know for a fact if you had the right CPA, you would probably have saved 30 to 40,000. But oh, make sure you save, oh. make sure you save that $600 <laughs> tax filing fee and just give the IRS a tip. I don't know, it's just right, crazy. Right. And then the whys of when I come, I mean, honestly, from property and casualty insurance, I'm referring, I refer to Sandy and Amber all the time. I met Sandy in a flower shop. We're trying to. We were trying to figure this out. We figured it was almost. Um, it was eight or nine years ago, yeah, and, that and about right. she was just taking care of her employee. I think it was you. She's bringing flowers <laughs> to you. I think <laughs> is what was happening, but you know, I look at some of the insurance and the the clients need to be covered just because you perhaps meet the mortgage company's minimum requirement for the insurance does not mean that you are protected. Mm-hmm. What a, a case in point, Mount Lemmon, several yep. people, uh, in fact, one of my friends had been after his insurance agent, whose the company was not Farmers, but I'm not going to name the company because it did end up in litigation, and he prevailed. My client prevailed because... He did not have adequate coverage, but he had asked his insurance agent in writing and via email to increase his coverage, and the agent just kind of got busy and didn't oh. do it. Mm. So that company did end up paying because the whole entire cabin was lost mm. in, that in that in horrid fire. fire. So that's the healthy, wealthy, and wise piece of it. And then the other personally. side of it is, hmm. is that on, for me personally, we talked about this on our last show. 100% of the credit reports that I pull mm-hmm. have errors in them 100%. And think about that if
1: that sounds disgusting.
5: It is disgusting. There are type, Some of them are typographical errors. Some of them I've had clients who had uh, their credit files had gotten mixed. Mm. And uh, my one client, she just happened to have come into my office early because she wanted to make sure she was prepared to buy a home. She knew she had great credit, right, because mm-hmm. she paid her bills on time. No, no, you only have great credit depending upon what the computer says about you. And the computer said she was deceased. Mm, oh and God. she actually laughed about it. She had a great sense of humor. She says, "Well, I actually feel just fine, and I don't remember the wake." So, um, but what had happened is she had a common last name, and oh by the way, she was a judge here in town. So if it can happen name to her, a judge, Vera, it Vera. can happen. I've been just telling you it, it can and does happen to everybody. So, so how, how do we get that information?
0: How, do, how, how does somebody go about checking their their credit report? So I am gonna
5: uh, I'm gonna say this right here, right now, out loud. Please do not utilize. I'm just going to say it. Do not utilize Credit Karma. And let me tell you why. Mm -hmm. I have the documentation because what what happens is anybody can buy that information. That's a huge Mm -hmm. source of identity theft. The only legitimate way to check your credit for free, you don't get your Mm -hmm. score, but you can at least look at the data on there, is to use what the Federal Trade Commission recommends, which is Mm annualcreditreport.com. You are entitled to a free report from all three of the major repositories, which is Equifax, Experient and TransUnion, and you can. Pull that for yourself, and I would highly recommend it. If you've got children, make sure you're pulling it on your children Mm -hmm. because that right now is the absolute number one identity theft area is uh, stealing the information for your children And so that I'm just giving people. I might be sounding like a broken record, but please, please, please do not give your doctor or your dentist your social security number. Their staff is not background checked.
1: Well, that, that has always been a thought of mine, but one tends to think that they should be, well, that they are trusted in the in the roles that they're in, in those jobs. No, they need it. You a... would think they're 100% trusted, wouldn't you, w- you w- Well, there you, you, would
5: you think. go, thinking.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't think. All right. Kathy, this brings <laughs> you in. I mean, you're currently a solo. It does.
2: It does. I, I, I'm sitting here biting my tongue because I, I don't want to interrupt anybody <laughs> who's providing this important information, and it really is. But in terms of you know, cybersecurity is one of the areas that my practice focuses on much more these days than it used to in the past mm-hmm. because it affects people so much more than it used to in the past. Um, And so it's really not just businesses, it's individuals as well. Um, And in terms of social security numbers and in terms of your information, um, something that I see happening in the cybersecurity world and with regulations, looking at information and looking at privacy Mm -hmm. is the idea that our information as consumers has value to it. And companies want our information. So whether it's your name, whether it's your address, whether it's your email address, whether it's your social security number, that information is very valuable to companies. They can use it to market products to you. There's a lot they can do with it. And from an individual perspective, and what I like people to remember, and we were already touching on this, is Think of the information that you're sharing with anyone, whether you're sharing it online, whether you're sharing it in person, Mm -hmm. who you're sharing it with, why you're sharing it with them, Mm -hmm. whether they actually need it or not. And especially with the Social Security number, um, companies and businesses are are very quick to ask for your Social Security number. They might not necessarily need it for any reason. Mm -hmm. If they don't need it for any reason, there's no reason for you to share it with them. There's no reason for you to give them something of value that if there's a breach and that information is obtained by a a wrongful actor, Mm -hmm. they could harm you with it. So I think, you know, one of the things that's happening in the information security world and what I like individuals and consumers and all of us to be aware of is protect your information. It's something of value that you have. I think there tends to be you know, an idea that you go onto a website and they want you to fill out a form and you're happy to do it and provide them with all them this information, you've given them something of value. You want to make sure if you're going to give them something of value, you're getting something for that. There's a reason that you're doing it. Right. Um, and so I completely agree with the social, especially with social security numbers, but with all of your information. Mm-hmm. I heard somebody in the field who said, you know, if you're not paying, for something you're getting something from a company and you're not paying, you're the product. They want you. They want yeah. your information. They want that product. Well, so folks, I think especially these gay. days people have to have a strong sense of that of what they're doing with
1: that. You'll be very careful. Well, just just so folks know, Kathy uh, lectures on cybersecurity. Kathy Winger, um, our friend in New York at the moment, and she travels the country, um, uh, speaking at, at special engagements and even in government situations on cybersecurity and data breaches so I mean you know your stuff you've even written lots of articles and so on in magazines when it comes to cyber security just what are some things that are happening right now on the regulatory front can you tell us
2: I can, Um, and I was just, as a matter of fact, um, familiarizing myself uh, on the the plane ride yesterday. I spent a lot of time on the airplane um, and was looking into detail about a new statute that's coming out in California uh, that's really shaking up the cybersecurity world, Um, and I'm in the process. I like to educate people on what's happening in the cybersecurity world. I have a blog, and I'm on Twitter. I'm on all the social media platforms, and I usually write articles about new legislation Legislation that's coming out to let people know whether they're going to be covered by it, what it entails, all of those things. And I was just looking at the California um, statute, their new cybersecurity statute, um, and you know people may tend to think well we're not in California so why on earth would we care about you know California cybersecurity statute? What happens with these statutes is their reach is usually very broad and California's is no different. So if you're doing business with California Residents, you may be covered by the statute even if you're not a California business. So you have to start thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even had clients in Tucson, Arizona, who are covered by the um, European Union's GDPR, their privacy regulation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that even though it's a jurisdiction that's enacting a statute that you're not in, if you're doing business with residents of these areas, you might get yanked in. And you know what's happening in that area. The GDPR that I mentioned um, was really the first of its kind to sort of look at information in this way. California is following. And it's the idea of what I just said about your information has value and recognizing that and recognizing that you as a consumer have rights with respect to that information. Mm. So if you've provided information to a company, if they're governed by the GDPR or California statute, you have a right to ask them to delete that information and delete it completely, and they're legally required to do that. So mm-hmm. it's the idea of consumers having rights over their information. You have a right to find out what a company is doing with your information if a company is covered by that statute, by California or GDPR. So the, the, the focus of the statutes is really what consumers can and can't do um, and what they can require of businesses that collect information from them. And New York, the state that I'm in right now, um, has an even broader statute that they're talking about, um, and that could go into effect um, very soon after the California statute. So it's something that seems to be spreading. That's good. And, you know, the advice I give to people is more and more companies and businesses are covered by these statutes. Right. You weren't in the past, but they're becoming so broad that they're just yanking everybody in because they're protecting consumers. And, you know, with the Internet, companies deal with consumers all over the world. Right. So you have customers and jurisdictions that these statutes apply to. It may very well apply to you and what you're doing with those customers' information.
1: Thank you, Kathy. It's very, very informative. I've got a Um, quick uh, question. Yeah, by all means.
0: Um, Kathy, I, um, I myself have a virtual private network, a VPN. Uh Um, both on my phone and on my um, laptop, um, Mm -hmm. my business computer. How do you feel about those, and um, is that something you recommend for everyone?
2: Well, it's not something I recommend one way or the other for everyone. Um, you know, in terms of how I feel about them, from a legal perspective, my concern always is, and your concern should be, how safe they are and how secure they are. So if they're safe and secure, Mm -hmm. then I don't have a problem with them. The question as to the safety and security really goes to to the experts in the field of of computers and Mm -hmm. networks and things like that, um, in terms of how they're secure, what I typically recommend is that people who are using them go through the security controls that are in effect for the network mm-hmm. to make sure that they're, that they're up to par. You okay. have an obligation as a business owner, especially someone like you, Kathy, who's dealing with um, protected information you know, or right. sensitive information, <laughs> you have an obligation to make sure that any network you're using is secure. Right. And from a legal perspective, if anything were to happen and there were to be a a breach, that's what you would need. That's how you would defend yourself, that you took all reasonable steps to right. keep it secure. Well, I've, I'm so required to do that.
0: I'm required right. to do that part of it. But for the virtual private network, I just find that if they don't know where I'm am, and they can't research, you know, what I'm looking at online, then that's right. less information. But I do agree, you need to go with, a, you know, a very well-known, well-researched right. company that, um, you know, not just, you know, some VPN that's down the street Right. That's, you know... Mm. Exactly. Mm. And and
2: that's exactly what it is, you know, and that gets into the reasonableness of it. And the other side of it, which you correctly pointed out, which, you know, in the data security world is huge. Think about what information you're using you know what are you doing with information Mm -hmm. because that's going to tie into what level of security you need so it's not just what the information is what are you doing with it so I Mm -hmm. think that's very true I saw a speaker and this was quite a while ago but I love this analogy talking about public Wi-Fi you know and the use of public Mm Wi-Fi which within the computer security area is just you know forbidden everybody Mm -hmm. you know anyone will you, it, it, don't use it. Wow. Um, and she gave the example we were at a hotel, This it was a huge conference at a hotel in Las Vegas and she was talking about public Wi-Fi and, and the way that she described it is she asked everybody in the audience if they were walking through the lobby of Caesars Hotel that's where the, the conference was being held and there was a dirty toothbrush on the ground. Would anybody in the audience pick up that dirty toothbrush and put it in their mouth and use it to brush their teeth? And everyone <laughs> Was horrified. Everyone said, "Oh uh-huh. my gosh, no, that's disgusting. We would never do that." And she said, "Well, that's what it's like um, when you use public Wi-Fi. That's wow, really what that's you're powerful. doing." That's
1: powerful. That's a heavy yeah, analogy. That, that one. one, I tell <laughs> yeah, you. That's Thanks, it. Kathy. I think,
2: I think, and then she talked about how easy it was just to go into. You know, they went into a Starbucks. You know, someone from her company and was able to pull up at what everybody in oh, the Starbucks oh. was browsing on oh. the public Wi-Fi. <laughs> so I think you know, having the private network is really critical, um, and that's why to, to not, to say, well, no, you shouldn't do that, you know, completely a ban on that, I don't think that's practical in the world that we're all operating in. Mm-hmm. The best we can all do is make sure that it's as secure as it possibly can be. Absolutely. Um, it's not the dirty toothbrush. Yeah. Right. Use it as <laughs> but it's an analogy, that, that one's going to stick. <laughs>
1: <year>. <laughs> thanks, Kathy. That's, that's very, very informative. Wow. You're with Tucson uh, Means Business on the Business Radio Network, with thanks to the 49 ers Ring Kong grill Always an interesting show with the 49ers Golf and Country Club sponsoring this Tucson Means Business. That we're very grateful for. And, uh, you know, it'd be nice for you to meet somebody by the name of Mackenzie. I call her Macca. <laughs> Mackenzie Taylor is her name. Hi there, Hi. Macca.
6: Hi, great to see you.
1: <laughs> Mackenzie Taylor is the executive chef of the 49ers. And she is also the Food and Beverage Manager, correct?
6: That's correct, You're yes. You're
1: a busy little girl, aren't you?
6: <laughs> lots and lots to do.
1: What's your background? How on earth did you get into food?
6: Well, I fell in love with food when I was actually pregnant with my daughter 13 and a half years ago and was watching Martha Stewart a lot. And I decided I really wanted to learn how to cook just like she did. And so I just got a passion for cooking and baking and um entertaining. And so when I came to Tucson 12 years ago, I enrolled at Pima Community College through their culinary school program mm-hmm. and spent two and a half years in that program, met some amazing local chefs, uh, had the opportunity to start working for a catering company in town, uh, worked with them for many years, worked at a couple restaurants downtown and just really expanded my horizons. Uh, when I got the opportunity to be the executive chef at Pantano Christian Church uh, on the east side. That was amazing. We got to feed so many people and it was such a community-driven atmosphere. It was amazing.
1: I think it was in the vicinity of some 2,000 or something, wasn't it?
6: Yes. We have a lot a lot of um, wonderful members who come weekly and who uh, join us for breakfast and lunch. That's a
1: lot of cooking, isn't it? (laughs) It was a lot of cooking.
6: It was a lot of cooking, but it truly prepared me for what we're doing now, too, at the Country Club. There you
1: go. Now, this um, wonderful training that you got do. Beamer. What was that? Two years? Did you say?
6: Yeah, it was just over two years, mm-hmm. um, and it's an amazing culinary program that's local here in town. Uh, it's all local chefs who are the instructors. Right. So you learn everything from hot foods to garmage to baking to pastry. It's it works. amazing
1: the works. You took to it like a duck takes to water.
6: Exactly. Or orange say. sauce.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and because it's um, it's evident in your, in your food. I mean, uh, people at the Kong Grill, which is at the 49ers Golf and Country Club, who proudly sponsor Tucson Means Business, Uh, They're raving about uh, all your wonderful changes and things that you've done. Um, So I think you learned with a passion, and I think it's part of you. It's just who you are. Yes?
6: Thank you. Yes. Yeah. The passion definitely radiates. I always say if you don't have passion in the kitchen, uh, get out because it is too hot and crazy in there if you're not doing what you love.
1: Exactly. And although, you know, you're regarded as back of house because as executive chef, you're teaching and training and also overseeing the other uh, chefs and other people in what we call the kitchen area and so on. But you're also front of house, aren't you, with your other role?
6: Yes. so I've had such an interest in banquets and, and people. I love people. I always say they can't keep me back in the kitchen. I've got to come out to the floor, see the dining room, talk to people, touch tables, just check on everything. I really want to make sure that the quality of the service and the food that you're getting when you come into the 49er Country Club is just overall 100%. Um, it's really been amazing to be able to uh, work with the front of house team, which I call the hospitality team. So our hospitality team and our culinary team um, really have the same direction, the same vision for where we're going, and I think that's really exciting to see.
1: It is, it's, and you are leading the fray, there's no doubt about that. And when we talk about you know, uh, there's fine dining, and, and then there's just you know, finger foods, right? And just bar <laughs> foods, it's interesting that the Ring Kong girl is neither. Right. It's, but it's all.
6: It's everything. Exactly. We want you to have amazing bar food. We want you to have a nice cold beer after a hot game of golf out there and feel comfortable ordering soft pretzels and wings. Uh, but we also want to really give you a variety on our dinner menu as well of, you know, beautiful mahi mahi and salmon and chicken picata. Uh, and of course, it, it wouldn't be a country club without a perfect club sandwich. So <laughs> we definitely have those offerings as well.
1: Mackenzie Taylor. Executive chef extraordinaire of the Kong Grill. When you do go there, ask for her. She'd love to meet you. We'll talk more with her later on. Now, we're talking with Diane Kelly. Succession planning, you specialize in that to a business owner. Somebody listening now says, all right, I'm a business owner what on earth is succession planning
3: that's a really good question like i said earlier basically we're looking at the business to make sure if that business owner got sick hurt or died that they have a plan in place you can't do it after the fact right Mm -hmm. it's like a car accident it's happened now you can't go back and get insured so you need to make sure that business is protected on a daily basis it's very foundational to that business to make sure that they have their ducks in a row because you never know what's gonna happen. So maybe this business owner's been in business for 30 years and everything's going just fine and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they drop dead from a heart attack.
1: So what happens uh, if, if the owner becomes disabled or dies? Well, another? that
3: that's the whole point. The whole point is if they have the legal agreements in order, and Kathy Winger and I have been working on these for clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's certain legal things that they have to have in order, giving other people access to your financial information, to your legal information. If you don't have yeah, it in writing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, passwords is huge. If you don't have it in writing somewhere and giving that person legal permission, nobody has access. Access to the keys to the kingdom, and the kingdom is done.
1: Keys and, to the kingdom, huh? Yeah,
3: and the passwords are, are critical. So Sally's been your office manager for 30 years, and she comes in and she does her work every day, and you're happy with her, and she does a great job. Everybody loves her. Nobody knows what she does. So, and Sally doesn't show up for work.
1: Wow, right. And Simple as that.
3: She has the keys okay. to the kingdom. Freedom. Right. And nobody knows what she's doing. They don't know how to do it. They don't even know how to access it.
1: Heavens above. When we come back, I just want to ask you what, what's involved, okay? Um, Kathy Peake, mm-hmm. there was a question I wanted to ask you now. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I, know, I remember. E-Women Network, you built that up from scratch, I think, some time ago. Right.
0: Well, not exactly. I was the managing director for a couple of years with um, E Women Network for the Tucson chapter. Tucson Actually, chapter. Actually, okay. my predecessor is sitting here at the table. Um, Karen Fisher was were in that ma- too. Yes, I. She. Yes, I. She was
5: uh, um, busy. So handpicked as a successor because <laughs> I, I was there you. for three years. No. Yes. Ah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So what
1: sort of jobs you do then, Kathy? Car- Car- <laughs> Karen. <laughs> Karen
0: trained me. She raised me. (laughs) up and she gave me the privilege of uh, stepping in after she needed to step down Due to retired, yeah. due to exploding the business. Yeah. That's, that's, what right. Happened. that's right, right. That's your really your business, happened. and then well, you had family it. that you needed to deal yeah. with, and um, things good. were getting too busy. So, I um, I took over Tucson, and then for vi- five short months um, there was not a managing director in Phoenix. So I took over that chapter until they could um, mm-hmm. find a new managing director there. And then when I moved to Colorado last year for the one year that I was there, I uh, revitalized the chapter up there and started a really nice group and, right. and replaced myself when I left. So but,
1: where are you at now with Tucson? Is it uh, firing up again?
0: Well, it's it's always been firing, even after I left. Right. Um, Carol Johnson is the new managing director for the Tucson chapter, and she's doing a wonderful job. Okay. And she's been on both Karen's leadership team and, and as well as mine, and she was actually one of the founding members of the Tucson chapter, what, seven, eight years ago, something like that. We, we
5: have a succession plan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> happened. That's what's happened. It
0: just
3: continues to grow. E-Women Network
0: is an international network of women business owners and it's more than just local networking. It's uh, it's the net underneath your business in in Mm -hmm. a lot of different ways.
1: You guys are a lot in business I tell you. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I used to have a show once on the network called uh, uh, No Glass Ceiling. It was all about, and I, I was blown away with the professional business women in Tucson. Mm-hmm. How many there are, mm-hmm. their companies, what they do, right. their turnover. I mean, mm-hmm. move over men. And you do deserve the same money. I don't give it in, it's not mm-hmm. more to be quite honest with you.
0: Well, and that's one, <laughs> one nice thing about women in business is that we're not employees of anybody. Well, that's so it. So our efforts, our work ethic is what keeps us going. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of us know each other. <laughs> and we lift as we climb. We are...
1: Yep, yeah, um, it's a big little town, Tucson, isn't yes, it? Well, yeah. so well, what are your ironically, goals? Uh,
5: ironically, what? just sitting at this table, table. All, fo- I, all four of us are eWomen Network uh-huh. members. I just was yeah. like, oh, yeah, no, some longer than others. And but. we're looking for Kathy Winger to join us. Well, too. she said she's writing her check. She just hasn't done <laughs>
2: it yet. inviting me to a lot of their events, and I'm loving it, I have to say. No good.
1: I'm surprised you're even <laughs> in town to do it. You're that busy. <laughs> I still the have time. the
3: bruises on my arm from Kathy Peake twisting my arm <laughs> oh, to join. Oh, come on. I oh, didn't. <laughs> no, Have have to twist twist that. Yeah, and then she goes to conference. It's one of (laughs) the best. Twice,
5: twice. (laughs) Twice. She's like, "Oh my god, I had no
4: idea." Conference was awesome, and Mm -hmm. that's
5: in
3: Dallas every year.
4: Tucson itself is a very positive and nurturing environment for women business owners, and I think so. That's why I think we really flourish here, right? That's
0: because of all of us, and I think that women in particular really do have. Um, their clients. Um, we're just nurturing. In- Interested at heart,
1: more, yeah. more so than if I dare say, men. You know, to be honest right. with it right you it. know
0: men men a lot of times are more interested in the numbers and the mm-hmm. and you know getting to certain financial status or whatever not that we're not um, but you it's know a definitely
1: thing. it's a mothery def- thing isn't it's it a yeah. it's a, it's a, a, a nurturing it's nurturing, not emotional attitude. level
0: with our clients yeah. absolutely which sometimes works
3: for us and sometimes, sometimes it, it doesn't, doesn't. Yeah, yes. sometimes it, it can be out. the opposite effect uh, yeah. amber
1: <laughs> Ektatsadi, <laughs> <It's> got- <laughs> 2019 you rose to assistant activity chair for the John P Bell family foundation right yes and actually. team lizzie bell We had uh, kathy in the other day i
4: actually met kathy through e-women network and mm-hmm. was really touched by lizzie's story uh, 10 years ago when i'd see seen the Extreme Makeover Home Edition um, had signed up to be a bone marrow donor act.
1: Yeah, for the bone marrow donations yeah. So
4: I actually met Kathy about a month and a half ago and she was looking for help with the foundation so I, as I do with everything jumped mm-hmm. in with both feet and uh, became the assistant chair we just had a fantastic event this, over this past weekend, um, we had MasterChef Junior contestant Ariana Fagan in town, mm-hmm. um, did a lot of fundraisers, there's uh, a family that we're helping support right now whose son has a critical condition, and he's, you know, actually, as we speak, he's in UMC getting some treatment. Okay. Um, but I just absolutely love the foundation and all the good things they do for children and families who have critical
1: medical needs. Great work, great work. And for the past three years, uh, you have actively promoted Farmers Thank America's Teachers. Yeah. That's something they're behind in a big way. This, uh, I think it's granted $500 in school supplies monthly. Right. To local uh, Tucson teachers, right?
4: Yes. Our agency in particular um, started three years ago when farmers really started introducing this program where teachers had a... a, a, They Had the opportunity to apply for a grant, and there were $5,000 grants, and there was a $100,000 grant. Yes, wow. yes. And then that's a good our one. agency individually was giving out $500 a month in school supplies. Mm, nice. uh, we're still doing that. You know, we're that helping out awesome. so two teachers.
1: So if there are any listeners with this particular thing that appeals to them, if it's Talk to You Cork at all, uh, here is a number, all right, for, um, uh, to be able to get involved with this. It's 520 881 8000. That's it. 520. Uh, mm-hmm. five Your 881 8000 yourtucsonagent.com is the website address for that, all right? That's for that particular promotion. Hats off to you, Amber. That's a wonderful thing that you're doing. Good (laughs) on you. Good job. Very good job. And Karen, if there was anything at all now with what you do for people, I heard you say something on your show the other night I was listening in bed. Um... There are three things, three numbers. You talk about three yes. numbers.
5: Oh yes. Okay. And, so and let's, they're
1: very important because they virtually mean everything in your world,
5: right? They absolutely do. So this is what I I, I do a lot of outreach pro, um, programs, uh, teach in the, both in the high school and also at the university level, and and. Very specifically, and the teachers look at me with shock and horror sometimes when I tell them that there's a number that's more important than your ACT or your SAT scores, and that is your FICO score. And I'm going to give you the combination. And if people can remember this combination, teach it to your children, teach it to yourself if you didn't get it. But the combination is 2-31-7. I'll repeat that, 2 31, 7 It takes two years to build up your credit. 31 days to destroy it, seven years to clean it up. So it it is, so first and foremost, cybersecurity issues, identity theft issues, things that aren't correct, um, it can really be a hassle to get that cleaned up. And, and so it's really, really important. So in terms of, we are the only nation that utilizes FICO scores is the number one determining factor for what your interest rate is or for the issuance of credit. There are other FICO scores in other countries. Um, Canada has one, for example. Australia from mm-hmm. down under. Mm-hmm. Certainly England and things like that. But they are not the basis for extending credit. In the United States, it's exactly the opposite. Everything hinges on that, right? Everything hinges and on it. you've only it. got and to miss one payment. You miss one payment. A 31-day... So if you have... So keep in mind the algorithm. This is all it is. So, if you think about their whole business, this is Tucson means business. So, think about the whole entire credit reported agency's business model. Their job is to collect information about you, which Kathy Winger uh, alluded to, mm-hmm. collect information about you, and sell it to other people, including you. Okay, that's their whole entire business model, mm-hmm. and. Uh, The company, Fair Isaac Company, is actually utilized by many sources, but what people may not realize is that you actually have three different types of credit, not just three bureaus, Mm -hmm. which is Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. You actually have three different types of credit scores. You have a mortgage score, which is what I use, very specific models that gets tweaked every year. You have a consumer score. That's what banks and credit card companies, and if you're going to open a checking account, they use that. And then, Amber Agnizani, mm-hmm. there's an insurance score. Yes, there is. They are all very, very different. And so, protecting your information, mm-hmm. understanding what is in your file and what it means is mm-hmm. really,
1: really critical. Wow. It can
5: make the it's difference. It's all connected,
1: isn't it? It's amazing. You're Absolutely. all individuals today, but all your businesses. It always
5: works that way. I really you, touch you, on it. You day. gather those people there. But think about it this way. If you've got, if, if you're, so the algorithm, and this is why you're saying that, 31 days. So if you've had great credit for a long period of time, and then boom, you have a 31 day late, the algorithm says there's been a major event, something has happened. And so one 30-day missed payment can drop your score by as much as 100 points. One uh, misapplied collection account can drop your credit score by 200 points. That can mean the difference between you being able to open up a business, get a business loan, buy a house, buy a car, get insurance, I mean you can it's it can be devastating it can so can be very much yeah. so, Gee, so what, I teach what classes great on there
1: knowledge it's, there you go that's Karen Fisher also, teaching that knowledge it,
5: oh Kathy um, so yeah. whether or not you get a job yes, yes. yes. Oh,
1: it comes down to that as well yeah. it's it's mm-hmm. very yep. severe
5: oh well think about this with the job piece of it Kathy Winger um, mm-hmm. I know this to be true with our military if you're in certain high classified areas mm-hmm. if you have a mm-hmm. ding on your credit you can be literally removed from your post in the military, yes. and you can, I mean, true story, is be sent to the front lines.
1: Oh, my yes. God. Really?
2: And yes. Secu- well, your security clearance, that's mm-hmm. absolutely correct.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There you yeah. go. So,
2: I mean, the effect of them is broad. Uh, it, it, the breadth of it is just really mind-blowing if you really look at it.
1: Well, I tell you what, on that note, we've got to finish this show. It has gone so quickly. I have learned a lot today. I hope you all have. And don't forget, this show can be heard ongoing, and it's never taken off the network. It's on um, www.tucsonbusinessradiox.com, and it can also be heard on all of the major podcast platforms around the globe. And, of course, across Mm. America. So you can hear it again and again and again and again. Oh, lovely. And And again again. and again. (laughs) All right. It's been fantastic. I do want to thank Kathy Winger from the law offices of Kathy Delaney Winger right here in Tucson. Thank you, Kathy. Enjoy the rest of New York. And have a lovely time while you're there, okay?
2: Thank you so much, Mark.
1: You've got it. Thank you. Diane Kelly, the Sandbrook Group CEO of the Sandbrook Group, situated right here in Tucson. Thank you, Diane. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate, appreciate having it. you, Kathy Peak, financial advisor, CEO of the Peak Financial Group. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you got it, Mark. I got it. It's the, it's the, the it's like the Mark Bishop show. I understand. Right. Uh, Amber Ektarsadi. That's Persian, isn't it? It is. There you go. See, I'm pretty clever too. Because you told me
4: <laughs> Shh, nobody had to know
1: listen thank you so much for what you do in the community um and uh my regards to sandy it's and your pleasure. wonderful farmers agency and what you do okay all righty and karen fisher with summit funding there's a middle name there you like, a middle letter.
5: Karen M. Fisher. Karen There's a long M. story Fisher. behind there, but we won't go there.
1: Right. Karen M. <laughs> Fisher, um, the best lady in town when it comes to getting loans for your home and starting a life together and discussion. She doesn't pull any punches. I'll tell you now, give her a call at Summit Funding. You'll find her, and she is a wonderful leader in our community and uh, does a lot of work to help a lot of people, don't you?
5: Yes, and it's my honor.
1: There Thank you, go. you Mark. It's wonderful for having you. Thank you, listeners. Thank mm-hmm. you for your time. Uh, right here uh, at the uh, uh, offices of Stewart Title, the corporate offices of Stewart Title, is where our studio is situated. Tucson Business Radio X. This is Mark Bishop signing off with another Tucson Means Business.